Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. So what do you do if you have a really successful home system integrator business bringing in over $100,000 a month? Well, you totally remit yourself and start a white label support service for other home system integrators. Well, that's what Joey Kolchinski has done, and we talked to him on today's Smart Home Show. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. This is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's guest is Joey Kolchinski, the CEO of One Vision Resources. It's a company that does essentially white-label support services for home system integrators, essentially providing seamless company-branded support services. If you're putting in smart homes or AV systems as an integrator and you want someone to basically provide instant support for you, probably does a better job than you do, they're a company that would do that for you. So we're talking to Joey on the eve of Cedia, which is a really good time to catch up with them because last year at this time, they really kind of revamped the company to focus on what they're doing now. So we hear that story. I hope you enjoy it. I know I've been a little bit lackadaisical when it comes to getting out shows. We're hoping to change that. I will actually be pushing out another show this week, maybe two, so stay tuned for that. Also, I encourage you, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Smart Kitchen Show. We're talking to some really interesting people over there on that show. And, of course, if you're interested in the future of the Smart Kitchen, check out my event, SmartKitchenSummit.com, if you want to come listen to folks like Charlie Kindle, who runs Amazon's Alexa Smart Home program. You can use the discount code PODCAST to get 10% off tickets. Uh, the event's on October 5th and 6th in Seattle. I'd love to see you here. So go to SmartKitchenSummit.com uh, and join us in Seattle. As always, I want to thank everyone who listens to the show. I appreciate your support. And I want to give a special thanks to Joe B., a longtime listener who actually was up here in Seattle and uh, took me out to lunch. So thank you, Joe B. I appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so now. And if you haven't given us a review in iTunes, we always appreciate that. That helps us show out a lot. All right, folks, that's it for now. Let's talk to Joey. Hey, I'm happy to have Joey Kolchinski, the CEO of One Vision Resources, on the podcast. Hey, how are you doing, Joey? Doing great, Mike. Thanks. We caught up last week, and we're just on kind of the eve of Cedia, the big integrator show, uh, really a, a, an important show for the smart home industry. And this has been a really interesting year for you. We're going to talk about a little bit about what you expect to see, what you're excited about, we're excited about at Cedia. Well, we're going to rewind a year because your company over the past year has basically transformed itself. Uh, and a lot of it started, the genesis of it was about a year ago at Cedia. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I, I can even go back to the CDA before that and say that was one of my first CDA expos. In fact, I think my first CDA expo as an integrator um, in 2014 and uh, after many years of being an integrator. And when I got to CDA 2015, you know, I was, it was a point in time where I was, I was really struggling with, you know, how to take my passion for service and the experience and know-how we had in developing recurring revenue and marrying it up with also being a project-oriented integrator. And we really struggled to make the two sides work. Um, and in speaking with some uh, uh, industry leaders uh, at the, the CE Pro conference and then the CEDIA conference, this idea germinated of actually providing a turnkey service desk and RMR generation platform for other integrators by partnering with them. 
And CD at 2015, when we came back, we really used it as this big focus group, right? And we just went and talked and set up lots of meetings, you know, through our friendship with Ahiji. They, they introduced us to a lot of integrators and we had a chance to really understand, okay, if we did this, how would this work for you? If we did that, and we, we probably changed the idea half a dozen times during the conference. And when we got back home, we just put our heads down for a few months and January 1st came along and we, we hit the ground running with this awesome, awesome new product. So we're really exciting. Awesome new service, I should say. And we're, uh, we're really excited about it. You don't have to name the, the person or the, the executive, but someone said that you need to do what you do without rolling trucks. And so that like became part of the, the idea of what you guys wanted to do. You wanted to step back from being an integrator yourselves, but instead to help integrators with a, essentially was a, a white label cloud-based support service. Yeah. What this individual had, had helped us understand was, you know, and I think what, what he was, was sort of un, uncovering with that comment was trying to scale a service team is a fundamentally different problem than trying to scale a projects team. And there are so many phenomenal integrators across the country, whether they are a one or two person company, a five or 10 person company, or a 50 to a hundred person company. You know, these teams have figured out how to do projects successfully and profitably, and they produce some phenomenal work. But if you ask them to produce a service, focused team. It's a totally different business exercise. I mean, part of it is you have to build up a call center to respond quickly and reliably almost 24-7 to all of your clients. And the calls are coming in ever more frequently because technology is a more prevalent part of our lives now more than ever. And that's a really hard exercise when you may not have the the revenue stream from any RMR yet. So um, we, you know, having that discussion, uh, allowed us to sort of split the problem in two and say, you know what, trying to solve this all together is probably not the best approach. So why don't we leave the integration to the really smart integrators out there who are doing an excellent job? And why don't we focus on the service aspect? And so we've devoted our lives to, you know, for the last year, at least to solving the service problem. Um, is it the classic, you know, as a, as someone who, is in a completely different business, although I follow your business uh, and what you guys do. It's for me, it's always been the classic consulting versus providing services or a product, right? Did you guys essentially move from uh, being a consultant, which is uh, in a way what a, an integrator is to basically providing a product and a service? So we were actually, as if you go back to the long, the deep history of One Vision, when I first started uh, doing this as a hobby in 2001, and then eventually doing this full time in 2008, we, I personally, individually, always focused on service. I actually was not an integrator to begin with. I, I managed people's iPods and music and computers, but at the very beginning, I charged a service fee to be part of what I called sort of the Joey Club um, for. For, for $300 a month. And that was in 2008 when I was still a one person company. And I then evolved that service plan until 2015 when we had developed uh, $100,000 a month in RMR off yeah. of 40 families. And so we were always very service focused and integration was sort of this thing we just did on the side because our families asked us to. That's a pretty good book of business, $100,000 from 40 families. And you are essentially leaving that behind or selling that business off, right? Right. We, uh, we are putting that, that business off to the side and giving it a chance to succeed on its own independently. But the leaders of, of the company are turning their focus to taking the lessons learned from that group and moving them 
uh, and in applying applying those concepts and lessons to the rest of the industry. Go back to the the CDA 2015 year ago. You're running around the, the show floor, and you you indicated earlier that the the idea, the concept, as you were uh, road testing ideas, changed actually during from hour to hour during the course of the conference. So yeah. What were some of the the ideas that worked, or, or maybe didn't work, and you throw out? Sure. Um, you know, without giving away too much of our secret sauce, because I think a lot of that is actually what makes us special today. I'll say that, you know, we, what, what I think the common lesson for everybody to learn when they look at, at this industry and how to, how to, um, up, provide services to this industry is things need to be as turnkey as possible, right? And, uh, when you want to work with integrators who have passionately built their businesses to do what they do today, you can't just come in and tell them to change the way they do things. Um, you need to actually find a way to provide a value-add service and offering without actually changing what they do necessarily because what they do today is actually phenomenal work. Um, and uh, I think that keeping that lesson close, close to, you know, uh, closely in mind um, is what helped us evolve the product, right? How do we make this, um, this offering uh, as frictionless as possible when paired up with what an integrator currently does today. So we're all about not just providing service to the end user, but also making the integrator's lives way easier so that we can actually make this a win-win-win for everybody. All right, so let's talk about how you guys work with an integrator. Talk about a typical relationship. Um, I'm an integrator. I'm. How do I engage with you guys, and what does a typical like, scenario play out where they need to actually use your service for support? Sure. So, uh, the, the premise of the product is that, or the service is that everybody is looking for a really fast response time when they reach out for support. Um, the, the national statistic is that it's about 30% of people are looking for a response in under an hour when they reach out for support. But, and we know it at the high end of the market, which is most of the CDA market, it's like everybody, right? 100% of the market wants a response now when tech, uh, is getting in the way of them enjoying day to day life. And so we solve that by having integrators forward all of their phone calls and emails to their support line from their support line to us. And we pick up the phone, white label format, um, uh, and, and provide support to their clients um, instantly 24-7, whether it's through email or it's through phone. We manage a ticketing system on their behalf. We effectively come in and, and, and really lead their service team and lead their service desk and provide a, 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 a a higher level, more reliable, more efficient, cost-efficient uh, type of support to their clients um, and also keep their service desk very, very organized through a ticketing system. Um, we then follow that up by using all of that data and that interaction and now having that high-quality relationship with a really emotionally intelligent um, and, you know, a properly timed marketing automation platform, right? So we are sending emails on behalf of, of the integrator to the client and encouraging the client to sign up for these service plans. Click here, type in your credit card, and we'll start billing you on a monthly basis. Um, and then we distribute that revenue back to the integrator. Can you talk a little bit about the revenue splits, how that works out? Sure. So, uh, you know, there's a fee for the call center component and, you know, that's because we're picking up calls, but that fee is incredibly low and heavily, heavily subsidized. Um, and in exchange, we uh, take a portion of the revenue um, so that, uh, given that we are marketing and selling and managing all the RMR and helping sell those service plans, uh, we then take a piece of that revenue on the backside. 
And so when eventually when we collect that revenue, right, there's some integrators where it might take some time to collect that revenue. And in the meantime, they get a very subsidized call center. And the consumer never knows that it is one vision resources that they, they call Mike Wolf's integration services. Are you, you're going to answer the phone that way? Cause you, your system probably notifies, you know, where it's coming you got from. It. Yep. You got it. So our emails, our phone calls are, are everything. We say Mike Wolf's integration, Joey speaking, right? Client, Client always always know that knows they're speaking to the integrator. We had a really interesting story uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, a neat recording. Uh, a client had asked one of our team. They're like, you know, are, are you are you new with the company? I don't feel like I've spoken to you before. And we sort of, I, I, our team member sort of got a little red faced. He was like, oh man, did I just screw up somehow? Did you know what what caused this client to say that? And uh, uh, we said, yeah, you know, we recently joined the team. And and she said, you know, I call. We asked why, and she said, you know, I call fairly frequently, and I. I've spoken to a lot of people there, but man, talking to you is just amazing. This is really great. So, you know, the, the white label really augments everybody's brand, right? You guys are definitely focused on the high end of the market where there is a need for kind of this white glove premium service um, where there's an integrator. You know, we talked a little bit about office call about, you know, how we uh, possibly how, how the channel could be built out for, for installation and management around lower end DIY smart home. But you guys don't really see that market as scalable at this point. Yeah, you know, I think that they're the the industry, uh, and when I say the industry, I mean the consumer technology industry. I think really needs to think about, um, you know, is the mass market really ready for all of this technology, right? And you know, I don't mean from a value add perspective. That that is entirely true. That that technology is incredibly value add, and it helps and and. Uh, augments lifestyles and it helps helps people live better lives and safer lives uh, uh, at an incredible rate. The problem is is that the cost is is uh, uh, is underestimated um, at when you look at the sticker price, right? So the sticker price of a of a Nest thermostat, for example, might only be two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars, uh, but the lifetime cost of that, when you include the frustration of setup or the professional service to install it or the the frustration of, of it going offline later when you expect to be able to use it remotely or uh, whatever it might be, right? Or the brand damage it causes when you try to have it in your Airbnb house and then your guest with Airbnb gives you a bad review because it goes offline or whatever it might be, right? That is an incredibly high cost in its lifetime. And I don't think that the mass market is actually ready for that cost. And that cost is actually a big surprise when they realize it. Whereas the high end of the market is actually entirely ready and willing to pay that, right? They have the means to pay for it and they appreciate the value of the service to mitigate those issues. And so we're saying, you know what, we're going to focus on the high end of the market. Yes, it's a harder market to penetrate, but you know, we believe that in the end it'll be worthwhile. Yeah. The lower end of the market, the DIY segment where there oftentimes has only been in this, you know, in the first wave, a fairly low uh, dollar value attached to like a one-time hardware purchase that is a hard market to sustain if you're the company. So that's why you have to be innovative and explore different business models, whether that's through like some sort of subscription or connected commerce model. But that still is being figured out. Yep. Um, and that's why in the middle market, I think the, the, the companies that have done well or, or the, the ones that are actually doing okay are the ones like Vivint where there is some sort of management Correct. Uh, around a, you know, semi-level premium service but not up to the high level we traditionally get in the CD channel. But there is like a recurring monthly revenue. Yes. 
And we're huge believers in the fact that the Cedia channel, the integrators of today, are perfectly positioned to be tomorrow's technology managers with uh, IoT consumers. Perfectly positioned. They already have the trusted relationships in the home. They know the technology. They know the the emotions behind implementing technology, right? And uh, they are perfectly positioned to be the broad technology managers of the future when consumers are looking for a single point of contact to just deal with all of this stuff, whether it's iPhones or computers or audio or video or control or smart home systems or some IoT thing, whatever it is, the integrator already has that relationship. And I think they're perfectly positioned to to be that trusted professional in the future. The, the market shouldn't be ignored for sure. There is still, you know, there is an attempt, there is uh, companies trying to attempt to create a marketplace for lower cost installation services, whether that's Amazon with their home services. Um, that ne- doesn't necessarily bring an aftermarket installation or after installation support service. I, I think those two markets sh- maybe develop independently. There's the installation, then there's aftermarket support. One may come before the other. Look, I think that there there are some really great companies like Holotech and Enjoy who are clearly trying to uh, tackle this market from the uh, from the mass market angle, right? From the introductory side, from the DIY side. Yep. But then there are there's the entire Cedia channel that has cut its teeth and really matured and developed a uh, a great approach to installing reliable technology um, and making it accessible to consumers at the high end of the market. And I think both ends of those market markets will expand. Um, and there are philosophies behind both ends and business models behind both ends that may outlast one another. Um, but they will probably meet somewhere in the middle. And then there'll be a really interesting, uh, case study, right? I, I, I nominate the Harvard Business Review to, to do a case <laughs> study on that concept when it, when it happens, but watch out for it because I'm pretty sure it will happen. So we're going back to Cedia. Uh, you're going back a year after you really kind of had your um, epiphany around a new business model. What are you excited about for this year, um, both you know for yourself, but also like what are some of the technologies you're excited to hear about? Um, I, I so I'm I'm incredibly excited that that we're having a presence this year at Cedia in an order of magnitude larger ways than we ever have before as as attendees. We are co-boothing with our best friends Ihiji. Um, we're going to have this great booth uh, with both companies uh, talking up the, the benefits of, of remote support and monitoring that lowers your cost of warranty plans. And then also one vision service that augments your ability to generate RMR. Um, we are teaching two classes where we're sharing a lot of our experience and knowledge from previous years. One focused on how to build a service team and service team culture. Um, and then the other focused on uh keeping service plans really simple and that they're actually a lot simpler than people think. And we, 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 as, as integrators tend to uh, try to inflate the perceived value add unnecessarily, therefore complicating the, uh, the, the sales process. And then lastly, uh, we've partnered with a, uh, a variety of actually former integrators who have turned into service or software vendors for the industry. Uh, D tools with uh, Randy Stearns and supply stream with Kirk Chisholm and slate plan um, with Scott Marchand, uh, and, uh, Ihiji with Stuart Wrench and myself, uh, in one vision, we're coming together and, and speaking on an excellent panel, uh, about, uh, the, 
a, a sort of blueprint for the industry, right? How uh, integrators can use each of our various services uh, to uh, improve the client lifecycle within their company um, and how we solve really distinct problems in that client lifecycle. So that's on Thursday morning, actually an hour before the CDA doors open. We're providing breakfast and encourage everybody to come and join. Um, so we're generally just super excited uh, about this show and, and looking forward to meeting a lot of new people. That's a big panel. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, but, but, you know, never before, I think, has a panel ever been so aligned. These are five former integrators, right, who all said, we identified a problem. We're going to stop being integrators and we're going to go help the industry solve this problem. And we all solve the problem at a different point in the life cycle. So you're sort of hear a really neat story uh, of all of us uh, uh, speaking. It's, it's, it's going to be really great. So talk about, you know, just generally, though, the broader industry, you know, as we move into Cedia, obviously seeing a lot of momentum and interest in things like new user interfaces like voice control. Um, what are some of the other technologies or, you know, talking even about voice that you guys think are going to be a part of the story at Cedia? Um, you know, I think the, the thing to look out for at Cedia this year is to watch the uh, IoT market, right? We have generally thought of Cedia, the Cedia-related technology being different than consumer IoT, right? IoT has sort of been uh, defined as DIY stuff. And you don't typically see a lot of DIY at Cedia, but I think what we're going to see at Cedia this year is a larger presence, uh, a stronger presence of the DIY channel or the IoT channel sort of uh, uh, making a showing at Cedia. And what I would, why I think that's really interesting is, I, is not because they are attacking our market and trying to take market share, because I think it's actually an implicit acknowledgement that DIY is a little, uh, it, it's this false promise, right? It, it's, DIY works for those of us who are really interested and intrigued and, and able to fight through the the trials and tribulations of setting up technology. It's great for the early adopters. But I think what the companies who develop these DIY products are acknowledging is that it really does require professional installation uh, to penetrate the rest of the market and then furthermore support um, the the new bevy of technology that that is inside consumer homes. And well, I think – so smart home DIY companies uh, and then traditional uh, integrator-centric companies have been – coming closer and closer together. I mean, that's not new at Cedia. I mean, I think Nest has been there for a few years. Savant certainly is kind of moving, has been edging slowly towards more consumer facing for some time. What is different this year? I, I think it's just a stronger presence. Um, I, I, I don't have uh, a, a lot of insight in all, in all fairness. I'm, right. I'm uh, not, not entirely, um, uh, looking at the the new technologies because our company is so focused on what the experience is, right? So for me, the new technologies are are for the early adopters and that's great, but we're really a service company. And, and the, the idea of seeing these, the DIY, the DIY market merge together with Cedia, I think is, is telling of what the future of technology management is going to look like. So we really pay attention to that, that noise level. Um, And I think it'll, it'll, as you said, it'll continue to grow and, and it'll be higher this year than it ever has before. Hey, Joey, well, thanks for spending time with me and hope to uh, see you at Cedia. Have a great show. Thank you, Mike. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joey. If you're out at Cedia, make sure you find him, say hi. Like I said, I'll be back later this week with another podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.